This is Jaime and I welcome you all to You Are the Seed 36 Reflection. And also I would like to, um, in the Zodiac, get from the 7 o'clock to the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, but first I just want to speak of um, a dream, a recurring dream that I always have. And it's this dream that sounds funny, but um, it's a poop dream. I always have a, I always uh, make a mess. So as I was cleaning it up this time, it just kind of reminds me of clean up my own messes. And uh, it's something for me that I'm working on. And uh, I have to get myself aligned first, as I said. So this is kind of about getting myself aligned um, and as I'm getting myself aligned I clean my mess and uh, so but then also I thought of Adam and Eve um, and then the episode 36 reflection so this is a little bit so as I reflect I like to break things down into smaller pieces to create a picture so as I said I was thinking of Adam and Eve so if I think of it the first day of the seventh month was the sixth day so this is, as I said, I'm learning. So these are question marks in a way. Was the sixth day the creation of the creation of Adam and Eve? The sixth day being a Friday, the day of Venus? Because the seventh day is Saturday, the day of Saturn, God's day of rest. So that means three days later, which would have been a Tuesday, the day of Mars. And then I think of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That would have been Tuesday, the day of Mars, the 10th of Tishri, uh, which is Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. It's just something that I work out usually in my, in my mind and on my journal uh, just to make sense of things. And um, then what I, what I did was, you know, I don't try and make it fit Fit, so it fits my perspective of everything but as I look I see Venus Saturn and Mars and I think of um, the table of elements uh, Venus being copper which is Cu 29 uh, Saturn being um, lead which is PB 82 and Mars being iron uh, which is FE26. Then I just happen to just take those three numbers and total them up, and it's 137. And I think about what automatically comes to me right away is um, my 137th book I read, which was Om. Uh, it's the mel. It's called the Melody of Love, and it's you know the sacred sound Om, and uh, it's it's just something that uh, I resonate with because. Of my awakening as I said I was meditating to ohm so anyway so and I, then I wanted to go ahead and say okay so 137 in mathematics the 33rd prime number the next is 139 with which it comprises a twin prime and the and thus 137 is a chin prime and then 137 in physics the number could lie at the heart of grand unified theory relating theories of electromagnetism, quantum mechanics, and especially gravity. 
1 and 1 was once believed to be the exact value of the fine structure const constant. A dimensionless physical constant is approximately 1 and 1 and the astronomer Arthur Eddington conjecture, conjectured, conjectured in 1929 that its reciprocal was in fact precisely the integer 137, which he claimed could be obtained by pure deduction. Leon M. Letterman expounded on the significance of the number in his book, The God, the God Part Particle. If the universe is the answer, what is the question? 137 in religion. The Bible says that Ishmael, Levi, and Amram all lived to be 137 years old. The three appearances make it the most common lifespan of individuals in the Bible. So I think about that um, as in the Bible. So as what I think of, it makes me think of the promised land. And it's also known as the milk, the land of milk and honey. It is a land which according to the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, or the Old Testament, God promised and subsequently gave to Abraham and several more times to his descendants in modern contexts, the phrase promised land expresses an image and an idea which is related to the restored homeland for the Jewish people and the concepts of salvation and liberation. And this is something I'm getting from Wikipedia, but I just kind of want to scroll down a little more. And it says, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring or seed, I will give this land and I just kind of, I just taken some little bits and pieces here, but the promise was confirmed to Jacob at Genesis 28, 13, though the borders are still vague and is in terms of the land on which you are lying. Other geographical borders are given in Exodus 23, 31, which describes borders as marked by the Red Sea, the Sea of the Philistines, i.e. the Mediterranean and the river, the Euphrates. He later confirms a promise to Abraham's son Isaac, Genesis 26.3, and then to Isaac's son Jacob, Genesis 28.13, who was later renamed Israel, Genesis 32.28. The book of Exodus describes the promised land in terms of the territory from the river of Egypt to the Euphrates River, Exodus 23.31. The Israelites conquered and occupied a small area of former Canaanite land and land east of the Jordan River after Moses led the exodus out of Egypt, Numbers 34.1.12. And the book of Deuteronomy presents this occupation as God's fulfillment to the promise. Deuteronomy 1.8. Moses anticipated that God might subsequently give the Israelites land reflecting the boundaries of God's original promise if they were obedient to the covenant. Deuteronomy 19, 8-9. So if I click on covenant, which is biblical, um, it is, uh, if I scroll down for a second, it says the Hebrew term and then uh, bereith for covenant is from a root with the sense of cutting. Because packs of covenant were made by passing between cut pieces of flesh of an animal sacrifice. 
So if I scroll back up to the top, the Hebrew Bible makes reference to a number of covenants, Hebrew, with God, Yahweh. These include the Noahic covenant in Genesis, which is between God and all living creatures, as well as a number of more specific covenants with Abraham, the whole Israelite people, the Israelite priesthood, and the Davidic lineage of kings and form of terminology. These covenants echo the kinds of treaty agreement in the surrounding ancient world. The book of Jeremiah verses 31 30 through 33 says that Yahweh will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Most Christians believe this new covenant is the replacement or final fulfillment of the old covenant described in the Old Testament and is applying to the people of God. While some believe both covenants are still applicable in a dual covenant theology. <clears throat> and then if I go to new covenant, if I click on that, I just want to read a paragraph here. The New Testament, the key New Testament chapter for the Christian concept of the New Covenants is Hebrew chapter 8, a portion of which is quoted below. But now Jesus has obtained a superior ministry since the covenant that he mediates is also better and is enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second, for he finds fault with them when he says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and they shall not teach, each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the, la from the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful toward their iniquities." will remember their sins no more. And speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Hebrews 8, 6, 13. So then if I go back to covenant, I just want to read a final fulfillment. The supersessionism. It's also called replacement theology or fulfillment theology is a Christian theology which ascribes a theological conviction that the Christian church has superseded the Jews and the nation of Israel, assuming their role as God's covenant people, thus asserting that the new covenant through Jesus Christ has superseded or replaced the Mosaic covenant exclusive to Jews. Supersessionist theology also holds that the universal Christian church has succeeded ancient Israel as God's true Israel, and that Christians have succeeded the ancient Israelites as the people of God. And uh, often claimed to have originated with the Paul of the Apostle in the New Testament, supersessionism has formed a core tenet 
of Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholic, and Protestant churches for the majority of their history. Many churches and fathers, including Justin Martyr and Augustine of Hippo, were supersessionist. Most historic church Christian churches, including the Roman Catholic Church, Methodist Church, and Reformed churches, hold that the covenant has three components, cer ceremonial, moral, and civil covenant theology. They teach that while the ceremonial and civil judicial laws have been fulfilled, the moral law of the Ten Commandments continues to bind Christian believers. Since the 19th century, certain Christian communities, such as the Plymouth Brethren, have espoused the spationalist theology as contrasted to supersessionism and covenant theology. Additionally, as part of the Christian-Jewish reconciliation, the Roman Catholic Church has placed and increased emphasis on the shared history between Christianity and the modern Jewish faith. Rabbinic Judaism disregards supersessionism as offensive to Jewish history. However, Islam teaches that it is the final and most authentic expression of Abrahamic monotheism, superseding both Judaism and Christianity. The Islamic doctrine of Tarif teaches that earlier monotheistic scriptures or earlier interpretations of them have been corrupted by later interpretations of them, while the Quran presents a pure version of their divine message. Whew, that's a lot. Okay, so I just kind of wanted to read that a little bit. But I just kind of wanted to read what, for some reason, I, my word today, integrity quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, two, the state of being whole and undivided, internal consistency or lack of corruption and electronic data as modifier, integrity checking. So just to check yourself, I guess I would say. But anyways, I just kind of wanted to read that a little bit. And so I'm going to get to the Zodiac and I left off on Seven, at 7 o'clock, 210 degrees, 15,120. It's a crossover of house 7 of Libra into house 8 of Scorpio from, on October 22nd to October 23rd. And as I said, I'm following the, the moon. So with that being said, here we go. Full moon. October 20 it was October 27th on Sunday and as we move on into the 31st of October <clears throat> excuse me which is Halloween all hollows eve and then we go into um which takes you into all souls day all souls eve all souls day it's the 1st and the 2nd of November so what I'm going to get to now is the 225 degrees, which is 15 degrees away from the 210 at 7 o'clock hour. And that is at 16,200. And this one, I want to say, is the third royal star, which is Antares. It's the heart of Scorpio. And I say the heart of Scorpio, something it just reminded me because I had this experience with it in my awakening. The Antares is one of them. So I just kind of wanted to mention that. Um, but it's a rival to Aries, opponent to Mars. Uh, the heart, 
the Lord of the Seed. Um, it's also Circuit. Um, it's Watcher of the West. It's Uriel um, that I've... And uh, also, I just wanted to mention that um, Scorpio is a negative. It's fixed. So that's the fixed royal star. Um, it's um, water. And it's... Uh, the modern planet is Pluto, or the cl the classical is Mars. So if I go a little bit farther, um, I want to go ahead and go over to November 12th, which happens to be the full moon. And then if I go into the 22nd of November, that's going to be where it begins to cross over uh, into the 23rd of, um, of Sagittarius, the centaur, the archer. Um, so it's going to be at 8 o'clock at 17,280 and 240 degrees. And... Is going to be it for today, and I thank you for joining me. This is Jaime, out.